Are you born again? Catholics are often asked that question by Protestant friends and acquaintances, and many of them are not sure how to respond. Well, if you happen to be one of those unsure Catholics, today's homily will hopefully provide you with the insights you need to answer properly when you're asked that question in the future. First of all, it's important to note that Protestants who ask the question, are you born again, believe that a person is born again when they consciously embrace faith in Jesus Christ. According to what St. Paul says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, there St. Paul writes, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith in the heart leads to justification, confession on the lips to salvation. This is why preachers like the late Billy Graham have always ended their sermons with an altar call in which they invite people to come forward and to accept Jesus Christ by praying what's known as the sinner's prayer. In that prayer, people confess that they're sinners who are in need of forgiveness, but they also say and confess they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of their sins. Then they ask Jesus to forgive them, to come into their hearts, and to be the Lord of their lives. So they confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord, and they profess their belief that God raised him from the dead, in other words, they fulfill the two conditions that St. Paul mentions there in Romans 10.9. And so at that precise moment, they believe they're born again, or saved, they'll sometimes say. Our understanding as Catholics is quite different, although I will say that publicly professing your faith that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead is a very good thing. I highly support it. We do that, after all, every Sunday and Holy Day when we profess the Nicene Creed. And I should tell you also, our young people are invited to do it Protestant-style at almost every Steubenville Youth Conference. And I personally think it's great when it happens, not because I believe the teens are getting born again when they do it, but simply because I think it strengthens their faith when they're able to proclaim it in that fashion publicly among their peers. The expression born again, or born from above, Ganatha Anothen in the original Greek, comes from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. It's an important chapter of Scripture. There Jesus has a conversation with a devout Pharisee named Nicodemus. During the course of their discussion, Jesus says, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Other translations will read, without being born from above. Obviously, this is an extremely important teaching to understand, because nothing less than our eternal salvation is at stake. Notice what Jesus says here. He says, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. No one. This is an absolute requirement for getting to heaven. It's not an option. Now we understand why our Protestant brothers and sisters are so consumed with this idea. And I would say that's good. It's a good thing. We should all be consumed with it. The problem is they don't read the rest of the passage in John chapter 3. 
Consequently, they ignore the very important line in which Jesus indicates exactly how a person is born again. Nicodemus says to Jesus, How can a person once grown old be born again? Surely he cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? To which our Lord responds, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. To be born again, or born from above, according to Jesus Christ, means to be born of water and spirit. And that, my brothers and sisters, is baptism. In the waters of baptism, we are born again. That is to say, we are regenerated spiritually, given new life in Jesus Christ. And this is exactly what St. Paul is talking about in our second reading when he says to Titus that God in his mercy has saved us, and I quote, through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. Baptismal grace is also known as sanctifying grace. This is the grace that makes us pleasing to God. This is the grace that Jesus Christ died on that cross and rose from the dead to give us. This is the grace we need in our souls in order to get into heaven. Sanctifying grace, don't leave earth at the end of your life without it. And this is what it means to have original sin taken away. Original sin is very confusing to a lot of people. Original sin is not like the personal sins we commit on a daily basis. When we say a person is born with original sin, what we mean is that person is born into this world without sanctifying grace in his soul or her soul. However, at the moment of baptism, that grace does come into the person's soul. Thus, original sin is wiped away as are all of their personal sins, if they happen to be baptized as an adult, or at least after they've attained the age of reason, which is about seven years old. All personal sin is wiped away too. In baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit for the first time. As Paul indicates in that text from Titus 3, through baptism we become members of God's family, the Church. Through baptism we have access to the other sacraments. And through baptism, we become adopted sons and daughters of God and heirs to the kingdom of heaven. That's a lot of great graces. We should praise God for our baptism. Now, does that mean we're guaranteed eternal life? No. We can lose sanctifying grace by committing a mortal sin. But thankfully, God has provided the means to get the grace back again after baptism through sacramental confession. Jesus obviously did not need Christian baptism, but he submitted to the baptism of John, which prefigured Christian baptism, as an act of humility. And as he said, to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, he identified himself with us, with sinners, even though he had no sin himself, in order to set us an example on how to get free from our sins through sacramental baptism. So now you know what to say the next time a Protestant friend asks you the question, are you born again? You should immediately respond, of course. Of course I'm born again. I've been born again of water and the Spirit through sacramental baptism, 
according to the words of Jesus in John, chapter 3. Then I warn you about something. Your Protestant friend might then ask you a follow-up question. He might say to you, well, that's great, that's wonderful. But are you living your life right now like a born-again person? I can't tell you how to answer that one. I hope in all honesty you could say yes. But if you couldn't honestly say that, say that, I hope you would say, well, no, I haven't been living like someone who's born again. I haven't been living like I've been given life in Jesus Christ, new life, but I will do my best to live that way for the rest of my life. 